We are so blessed to have all of you here tonight, and all of you that are watching too. Uh, my wonderful wife, Pamela, is, is not going to be here tonight. We was watching the grandkids there, and you know, and so uh, they were not ready to, to show up tonight, and then so... Uh, and it just, you know, just taking care of them. And she's got a big thing tomorrow night with the, uh, all of the children's workers. So you guys all know that tomorrow night here. That's just because we're kicking off School of the Bible coming up on Sunday here at 9 o'clock. So uh, she wants to make sure all of the teachers know how they're going to do that, what they're going to do. We've been gearing up for the next, uh, next wave of this. It's going to be a tremendous blessing. So um, we're just going to share a nice little Bible study tonight. We're going to have a good time tonight. Amen? And the Word of God is good. We love the Word of God. We thank God for that. So, uh, uh, you know, and then also I have, I have a, an announcement I'll have at the end, a couple of announcements we'll do at the end, some things that are happening uh, in our county, and then also just some things that are happening at Harvest Bible Church. Amen? You know, we've been talking about having a uh, testimony night and uh, just a night of worship and testimony, and we're going to plan that out. More than likely, it'll be on a Wednesday night, and uh, so for those of you that have, and you know, get what God's doing, and hopefully it's a, it's a uh, what I say, a present testimony, not a past. You know, I think and when I say that, it's not, not that it's, you know just happened then, but it's something that God is speaking to you, that would be a blessing to do. Because some of you know the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Amen? Sometimes we need to testify what God is doing in our lives and decree and declare. Sometimes we just need to get up and, and say, hey, this is what I am believing and I'm trusting God in this. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's the, the key of it is that it just stirs our heart. Isn't it good to know that God's doing something in our lives? Amen? Hallelujah. So uh, I'm going to kind of share a little bit along the line that we have been sharing. I'm going to try to uh, finalize maybe tonight. If I don't get it done tonight, I'll get it done on Sunday. But we've been talking about in the whole series, even though each one can stand on its own, is that he promised. Amen? The promises of God. We can stand on the promises of God. Hallelujah. There's things that we can do. So before we get into the word of God, let's go ahead and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for these wonderful folks that are here. And Lord, I just thank you for the spirit of God. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who is our teacher. He is our guide. Father, we're just trusting him tonight to help us look to the holy written word of God. Your word is such a, such a joy. Hallelujah. Your word is life unto those that find it and health to all their flesh. Father, we thank you that your word brings peace. It brings direction. It brings just everything that we need. You've already spoken. You've already given us a promise. And thank you that we can take hold of that promise and we can begin to walk it out. We can begin to receive all that you have for us because you have given us all things through Christ Jesus. And you've given us all things to freely enjoy. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we honor you for that, and we just trust you tonight. I trust you tonight. I ask you that the Holy Spirit just, you know, think through my mind, speak through my lips, that you'll be glorified. Hallelujah. That you'll be magnified in this place. Because we thank you, Father, that you told us that when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. 
And uh, um, we're not going to re- reiterate some things, but we are going to share and talk about some stuff. And, and I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but in Hebrews chapter 11, we know that's the hall of faith. But down at the latter end of Hebrews chapter 11, it really shares some things, and I think it gives us, there's some verses down there that are uh, interesting. And uh, here in um, Hebrews 11, 11, I'm going to start right there. It says, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Aren't you glad for the miracle working power of God in the Bible of things that just really can't grab a hold of, but you know, God did it. We believe that because the word of God says so. We know the truth of the, of what goes on. The New Living Translation of that verse says this. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. Amen. Now jump down to the 13th verse, if you would, with me. It says, here's what it's saying. No, we'll just read the 12th verse too. Therefore, it's, it sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Talking about Abraham when God said, I'm going to make your seed. You look up to the stars, you can see that's how many seed. Look at the sand of the sea. You're going to see how it is. And then look at verse 13. And he said, and these all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. Isn't it amazing? These guys believed this. They were hungry for them, but they didn't receive it. They didn't get it. It was not, they didn't get the full flow because they were looking toward the cross. They were looking for the promissory note. Aren't you glad we get to look back to the cross? We don't have a promissory note. We got a fact. Amen. We, we go, our check's been cashed. Hallelujah. Amen. And here's the thing about it. All of these people died still believing what God had promised. They didn't receive the promise, but they saw it from a distant and welcome. And they agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. And here's what it goes on to say. And it was by faith that Abraham offered of Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. And Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And so by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and they received what God had promised them in their lifetime. They shut the mouths of lions. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. That verse right there is, I just read verse 33, 34, and uh, actually 35 all the way down uh, through there, you know, in, 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 in re, re, you know, 39 through 40. But I'm going to read out of the King James Version, 39 and 40. All of these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided something better for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Talking about that we get Christ. How many of you know that when Jesus came to the earth, we've got the promise of, of the Spirit of God, and he came, hallelujah, and he lived, he died, and his resurrection gives all of us that we get the promise in its fulfillment. See, our down payment of our promise is the Holy Spirit. It's being born again, getting the Spirit of God, getting Christ's divine nature on the inside of us. 
See, God had something better in mind for you and I. Isn't that amazing? God had something better in mind for us because it was the Spirit of God. It was, Paul said it like this in Colossians. He said it was Christ in us, the hope of glory. And I am thoroughly convinced that we haven't tapped into all that stuff. Now go with me, if you would, over to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, and that's where we're going to go. I wanted to read that thing to you because I want you to understand God promised and things, and we look to the Old Testament, which is awesome, and we see things. We see types and shadows. Amen? We see types and shadows of a lot of things. That's why when you look, it's so good to read the Old Testament because it actually helps us to understand a lot of stuff. But if you just live in the Old Testament and you only live in light of what you see God in the Old Testament, you'll live defeated. You'll live defeated. You've got to go through the cross. You've got to go through the... And you've got to get the Pauline revelation to know who you are in Christ. Amen? Because you're redeemed. You'll always try to be sanctified. And, you know, and you'll get all messed up. You know, what is the sanctification? Which means you're endeavoring to always try to get holy instead of understanding that Jesus made you holy. And you can walk in holiness, amen? And you can walk in your redemption. You can walk in your freedom. But you don't have to sin. You don't have to allow your flesh to dominate your life. See, because that's why Paul could say in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, all of the promises of God are yes, and amen, and in Christ, amen. That's what he said. So all of the promises of God, and then he goes on to say that the down payment of all of your promises is the Holy Spirit who's showing you all these things. Amen? amen. Now here in Second Peter chapter 1, hallelujah, which is so good. And I know our brains get kind of caught up in things because we know how ugly we are in the flesh. We know all of our things that we can't do. We know all of how we get mad. We know how all we get frustrated. We know how we get hurt. Uh, we know how we just, you know, people just don't, they disappoint us and all of that stuff. But we still have the potential to walk in light of the word of God. Here in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it says this. Actually, we're going to back up to verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Amen. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Don't you just like, I like the King James Version, I do. Exceeding great and precious. It's just exceeding great and precious. Hallelujah. Amen. I just like that because guess what? These promises are exceeding great and precious. Amen. They really, really are. Then he says that by these exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Aren't you that we can be partakers of it? We receive that. It's whether or not we walk in it or not. Did you know that you have the love of God in your heart? That's a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5 says, that we've got a fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We've got that on the inside of us. Now, why don't people operate in that? <laughs> Amen? We have it. It's part of it. People say, well, I'm born again. It's like, okay, well, well, let's get a little fruit here. Let's see what's going on here. We know you're a little green right now, so let's, let's get some things, you know? We want to partake. You know, and we know that because we know that when we get born again, Hallelujah. The first thing that we get is we understand the love of God. 
Why? That's what 1 John 3.14 says. We know that we've passed from death unto life. How come? How do we know this? Because we love the brethren. Didn't say because we love God. See, how do I know that I've passed from death unto life? It's because I love you. You ever hear somebody make this statement? Man, me and God, we're tight. Love God. I mean, we're great. I just can't stand people. They got a problem. They're not saved. According to the word of God. That's how I got all your attention now because you're saying, God, have you seen the world? Now, I'm not talking about loving the world. I'm talking about loving the church. He says, loving the brethren. We know that we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. Because of the love of the Father that's on the inside of us. We're not, it doesn't bother us. Doesn't, we, we, we have that love because the love of God's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost that enables us, how did he, it makes us not ashamed. Romans 5.5, 5, right? Y'all looking at me like you, you saw a cow at a new gate, man. You're not walking through this. The reason that we have a difficulty with all of the promises of God, I was coming in and I heard a song. I had to turn the radio off. I was driving in because I said a song, God, I know you don't give me my wants. You only make meet my needs. And I thought, okay, we can't be listening to stuff that's not scriptural because God didn't say, he said he would meet your needs, but he also said, I'm the Lord, your shepherd, and you're not going to want anything. So if he's truly your shepherd, you're not going to have any wants because all your wants and your desires are going to be met. They're met in him, and he will do that. The Bible says if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all the things that the Gentiles are seeking, after, they're going to be added to you and they're going to be piled on you. But we have a hard time believing that because we don't think God, we should want anything. Everybody, the world can have all the nice stuff. We don't need that stuff. Amen. Y'all okay? Hallelujah. We get all nervous about talking about things like this. You know, we, we, you get to things, but you got you to gotta, you rise up and say, hey, we have such great and precious promises. And did you know that God said that he created everything for you and I? And it's not a prosperity message by any stretch of the matter. It's about the promises of God in our lives as we take hold. But prosperity and blessing flows because of our relationship with God. Everybody that had their right relationship with God flourished in the Bible. They had an abundant supply. They had everybody that had the right relationship with God were blessed abundantly. Okay? You, you just, you know, they had more than enough to do the things they needed to do. Now, all those that didn't do right, they was in trouble. But all those that did do right, they were exceedingly blessed. Amen? Because here's what it says. Notice what it says here in verse 4. We've been given these exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be a partakers of God's divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We don't have to walk with the corruption of the world. We don't have to walk in light of what the world's doing. And you guys know that the world is getting crazier and crazier and crazier, right? You realize that, that it's not going to get any better. The church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter, and God's going to make sure the church is blessed. God's going to make sure that things are happening. Now, you, you do realize that you need to understand, the Bible says in the last days, it's going to be like the days of Noah, okay? That's the one thing Jesus said, and he talked about all those things, Matthew 24, Luke 13, all those places, okay? You guys understand that in Luke 21, or Luke 21, Mark 13. So he talked about all that. How many of you know in the days of Noah that they were buying and selling, they were marrying, going, they were just carrying on. There was no lack. 
So you do realize there's not going to be this great famine. There's not going to be this great thing. It's just going to be all things that are going on. It's just everybody, they're just going to try to stop you from receiving that. And in order to receive that, you've got to become like them. That's where the mark of the beast comes in. That's where all the things you've got to comply. You've got to comply. You think you've got to comply? You don't have to comply. Because how do you know Noah didn't comply? And he was blessed. He built a boat. A big boat. And he paid for that boat. God didn't, God didn't pay for the boat. He paid for the boat. Noah paid for the boat. So when it go, God, yeah, God supplied all, but Noah was the one that paid for the boat. Noah was a preacher of rights, and Noah was the only one. See, we got look at you look around. We got a lot more than one. So don't be thinking, poor you and poor me. What's up? Come on. Come on, man up. What's up with this, guys? Noah was one out of everybody, okay? He was the only righteous one. One. So it's going to be in the days of Noah. You may be the only one standing at your job. You may be the only one standing for right, but you've got to be that one standing for righteousness. Amen? We've got to stand. Now, we've got these exceeding great and precious promises, and, that we can be the, and by these exceeding great and precious promises, we're partakers of his divine nature, which means we've got to know the promises. We've got to know the word of God. Amen? He's promised, we, you know, is that we've got Jesus Christ, and we've got eternal life. That's the very first promise that we have. Amen? But through Jesus, we have all the other promises. And then the second thing is the promise of the Holy Spirit being filled and full that we got the greater one on the inside of us. Greater is he that is in you or in me than he that is in the world. The spirit of God in me is far greater than the devil that's operating in everybody else. Amen. And you need to know that. You need to exercise that. But did you know there's a little word in there that says you got to be a partaker of it. You got it, and you might be a partaker because you got to take on the only way that you can partake of letting the divine nature of God in you is by doing what the Bible says to do, using the scriptures, using the word of God and going to what it says and believing it. Because if by these, by these things, you might be a partaker, which means you can, you've got that nature in you. You've got the love of God in you. When you got born again and you truly made Jesus the Lord of your life, you got the love of God. You got divine love in you. Amen. Believe it or not, you got divine joy in you. Yeah. Amen. You can draw it out anytime you want to. The problem is, is that you just having a hard time. I got nothing to be joyful about. Well, then you don't, haven't, haven't tasted and seen how great God is. The Bible says, taste and see how good. And it's the joy of the Lord that's your strength. That's why many people don't have any strength. Amen. Because they're looking for happiness. Because the happiness is whatever happens out here. But joy is here. And until you have find your joy and peace within, and you find your joy and peace in him, hallelujah, not in what you do, not in who you think you are over here, but who you are in Christ, that you belong to him, that no matter what, glory to God, what can happen, that I could die and go to heaven and be cheering you all on, hallelujah, what a joy. You say, well, Pastor, you sound like you don't want to be here. No, I want to be here because I want to be there. I don't win as many people as I can. I don't want to get to heaven and Jesus say, uh, you're not supposed to be here. You're a little, little, little early. He didn't finish. Uh, amen? I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in. Let's, let's have a good time. Amen? Hallelujah. So, you know, and also, the reason that we get caught up and contaminated by the world is because we don't let the word of God cleanse us. 
Isn't it funny? But in Ephesians chapter 5, when it talks about a marriage and it talks about husbands and wives, and it talks about also that it's the washing of the water by the word. Do you know how you get clean? Is you get clean by the word of God. See, you don't try the word of God. The word of God says it tries you. You've got to wash yourself in the Bible. Sometimes you've got to take a spiritual bath. Take hold of the word of God. But notice, get back here to 2 Peter. Y'all okay? I know, get a little heavy tonight. I, 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 I can't help but you showed up on a Wednesday night. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad. You're just, it's just such a great crowd here tonight. It's so precious. You guys are awesome. And I, I'm so blessed. So blessed. But he said that, that we can escape this. But then he said this. Look at what he says in verse 5. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add to your faith something. He said you need to add virtue, amen, to your faith. Well, that word virtue means excellence. Hallelujah. Means that you want to add everything you got. You want to do everything. And adding to your faith is you want to add that I'm going to do my faith. To, I'm going to excel in that. I'm going to give my best yeah. believing. I'm going to give my best fighting with the fight of faith. I'm going to add to my faith excellent virtue. I'm going to add to my faith that power. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we go over there to Ephesians when it talks about uh, chapter 4 and verse 8 when it says, finally, my brother, think on these things. Think on these things. If there, if there you, know, you know, be any praise or if there be any you know, life there, basically said if it's of a good report, if it be true, you know, and lovely, you know, all those wonderful things there. But it goes down to the bottom of that thing. It says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. And in that sense of virtue, virtue is excellence. It means that you're doing it because you're, and that's why you got to add to your faith that you can't just go along and just kind of get by. You know, the getting by is, is over in, in Christianity. Spectator church is gone. It's no longer can you be a spectator. You're going to get wiped out because everybody's in the game. Amen? Everybody's in the game. I mean, you're in the game whether you like it or not. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, then you're on one side. If you haven't, you're on the other side. And we're all in this together. And they've drawn the line in the sand and they're like, they, they're not going to, you know, they were going one way and we need to go the other. But we're all in the game. There's no longer spectators anymore. Can't just come and be entertained. Amen. We got to add some things to our faith. The number one thing we got to add is excellence, which simply means that I've got to be top notch. I got to believe that what God says and I've got to, you know, study to show myself approved. But I've, I've got to rise up and say, you know, I'm going to give my best toward this. I'm just not going to coast. You can't coast anymore because any old dead fish can float downstream. And how many you know all the other fish are going downstream with everybody else and you're the one supposed to be swimming upstream? Yeah. Amen? I mean, I like Monterey Aquarium. I like that because if you go over there and you go into that one room and all the fish are spinning around like this and they're all swimming together, but there's always one or two that turn going this way. There always is. I've gone there like four or five times and I go in and I just stand there. I don't know. They why, why is he just? It was just a bunch of green fish running. And I just stand there and I watch these two fish. I'm like, yes, that's me right there. Yeah. I mean, I get so excited just standing there because I'm like, yes, don't turn around, don't turn around. And those puppies don't, man. They're like, no, we want to go this way. Well, there's thousands going that way, and they're like, no, we're gonna. I mean, you can see them getting hit and popped. It's like, yes, stay with it. They say, what? Well, it just excites me. Because I don't like going with the crowd. 
you know, because you can do that. And we have, here's the thing about it. How many of you ever have kayaked or canoed or, or even just, you know, being in a rowboat? How many of you know that if you want to go against the current, you got to row? You got to row. How many of you know if you stop rowing, what happens? Your boat turns. And now you're going this way. So, yeah, but Pastor, and you know what? It gets tired rowing. It does. You get tired. You get exhausted. You can get tired. You definitely can. But notice what he said here. Not only do you, that you add virtue to your faith, but then he said you got to add knowledge. Amen. You got to add knowledge, which means we've got to know the truth. And your knowledge comes from the word of God. It's knowing what God says. We don't think this. We know this. And that's why I love the, the apostle John. What did the apostle John always say? I know. I know. We know. We know. Amen. We know. He always would say, we know. And what he was saying is we know by experience and we know by the intimacy with the fellowship we have with God. We know these things. He didn't say we might or we think. He said, we know. Amen. And when you know something, you don't care. It's kind of like this. I mean, we you know, all this stuff, uh, you know, trying to figure out all the new math or all kinds of things. How I many you know two plus two is still four? And I don't care. You can say it's not. You can say all you want to. But it's still four. Whether you like it or not, whether you think it is, it doesn't matter because it's still four. Amen? It is. No matter, I mean, you can change it. You can say all you want to. That doesn't make it change. See, people think, well, they, well now that's changed. No, it doesn't change it. Their thought process changed. They, they don't get to receive the benefit of it. But you've got to add knowledge to it. Thank God that we know the word. When we know what we know, we know the truth of the, of the word of God. And we're basing it on what God's word says. It holds our faith steady. See, faith begins where the will of God is known. See, if you don't know God's will, you won't know how to exercise your faith and you won't have excellence in your faith. Amen? Y'all doing okay? Everybody doing? You follow me here? Do we need to take a breath? What are we doing here? We're good. <laughs> I got a lot of time to teach, so we're going to teach. You know, uh, you know it, it's good. But notice what he also said. And add to knowledge, you got to add temperance. Now, didn't you wish he would have never said that? Because that's self-control. You know, the key with temperance, though, and self-control is when you know the truth, you don't have to fight for it. You don't have to argue with it. You don't argue. We don't have to argue. We're not here to debate. I used to do that when I was younger. I used to do all the things. I used to love to do that when people wanted to argue scripture or debate. I love that because you know me. I love the word of God. And so I love to fire off as many, you know, I can quote a lot of scriptures. You know, because I had to do that. I started out real young. I started out in ministry at 19. So nobody believed me. And even when I was 23 years old and a senior pastor, nobody still believed me. I still looked like I was 16. You know, I've aged a lot since pastoring you guys, but the key is, just kidding, just kidding. I was glad to get a little older and get things and stuff. But uh, the thing about it is, is that I just knew what the Word of God says, and, and, you know, I love to do that. I still like to discuss Scripture. I like to encourage, but I don't like to debate it, fight it, because when you know the truth, the truth makes you free, and you do not, it doesn't bother you if somebody disagrees with you. That's how you know something. When you know the truth and then somebody argues with it and fights with it. Because if you get all upset and you want to fight back, you don't know it. Amen. You think you've got to prove your point. Well, I've got to convince them. No, 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 no. 
You don't have to convince them. If you're convinced, they will be so frustrated with you. They will be so mad at you because they're not getting to you. I've seen that happen with preachers, pastors. I mean, they take me out to lunch and they want to convince me of their doctrine and we're out there and I, you know, I was the lunch actually. And so they were just, there's four on one and we're having a good time and they're coming up and they've got their apostle there with them and they're firing all these questions and I'm just firing the scriptures back at them and we're, I'm having a blast and they are getting mad because, you know, I like that. Well, what about this? Okay, well, what about this scripture? What about this? What did Paul say here? What, what was Peter saying over here? Yeah, but John said over here this thing. And then, you know, Jesus said, and it was quoted over here off of Isaiah. And then they're less like, you know, and finally the apostle who was there after about three or four hours, three or four hours, you guys got this? They said, uh, obviously, we're not going to convince you of anything here, are we? I said, no. I said, but we're having fun. This is pretty cool. He goes, uh, no. I said, you know, we, we, I said, you know, because... You've given me yours, I've given you mine. You can prove yours by what you're trying to come across your way. I can prove mine by coming across this way in the scriptures. So, and, and I'm happy. I'm fine where I'm at. You're frustrated where you're at. They're frustrated. Because you don't know if what you're speaking is truth. I know what I'm speaking is truth. See, if you don't know that, and that's what people, how can you be so Sure. I just told you 22 different scriptures. You know, that's what I told those guys. I said, well, I just gave you 22 different scriptures. I said, so I gave you, you know, the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so I just gave you Peter, James, John. I gave you Jesus. I gave you Paul. I said, you know, I gave you Isaiah. I said, how many more you want? I can give you Ezekiel, Jeremiah. We can, get all, we can go all through 66 of them if you want to. Every scripture that's in it, let's do this. Because when you get into the word of God, it changes it. And I'm not bragging on me. I just had to do that because I was attacked all the time. Because see, I started out with this crazy word of faith thing when word of faith was of the devil. I mean, everybody thought you were crazy. And then people say, well, you're the most well-rounded. I said, no, everybody is. It's just you've made us fight for so many things or fight for things because that's what you keep asking us because you want to come against because you're so frustrated in your own self that you really can't believe that God really does want to bless, that God really does want to heal, that God really, all of God's promises are really yes and amen. That if you trust the word of God, God will come through. He will. It, his word works. It will. You'll see it happen. You'll see it, you know. And if someone says, well, well, I've seen it. It didn't happen. Well, you know what? That's okay. That just means we didn't know enough yet. That just means it's this thing. But it's not God's fault. It's not the word of God's fault. We know that. Because what happens in your life doesn't change the Bible. Amen? Amen. See, it doesn't change the Bible. So we may not get everything. I mean, I, I used to preach all this stuff when none of it was working. I was broke. <laughs> he was nothing. I mean, we, we believe in God for everything and everything. I mean, it's, and I was preaching how great God is and how blessed God is and God wants to do this and God wants to do that. And he still does and he still did. But, it, you know, he said, well, it's not working in your life. Well, it doesn't mean, it just means I don't know enough yet. It's working. It's God's word and it's going to work and I'm going to keep working until I see it work. Amen. And now I see it work and I see God's hand in it. But there's also times you say, yeah, well, it, you were believed. Yes, I was. I've got lots of things. You guys know my story. There's all kinds. But that doesn't do away with the word of God. 
See, that's where we got to know knowledge. But then we also got to have self-control because you can get to fighting and trying to defend God. How many of you know God doesn't need defending? Okay. Well, it's in defense of the gospel. No, you got to share the gospel. The gospel can stand on its own. You preach the word and let everybody else do their own thinking about it. You do your knowing about it. You preach what you know, let everybody else think about it. Amen? Not only did he say to bring temperance, and I could teach on these for life, but after temperance, he said, we got to add some patience. Who wants to add endurance and patience? It's like, sheesh. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. Hebrews said in chapter 10 there in verse 35 through 38, he said, after we've done the will of God, we might receive the promise. It says, you know, don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Confidence in what? Confidence in the word of God. Confidence in what God says. But after, and after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Amen? Most people want to receive the promise, but nobody wants to do the will of God. So what's the will of God? Well, I'm glad you asked because the will of God is, is that you trust him, that you listen to him and you obey him and do what he tells you to do. Amen? I mean, I, how do you know I have all this wonderful saying, you know, what God orders he pays for? Because I found out that what I ordered, I had to pay for. Amen? I was believing God. God said this, and then when God didn't say it, and I said it, I had to pay for it. I found out the hard way. Because your word's your bond. And if you say you're going to do something, in ministry, if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it, even if you have to do it. Amen? So that's why I said, Lord, don't let me open my mouth and be stupid anymore. I'm tired of that. <laughs> don't let, I don't want to be paying for these. I want you. I want to believe God for you. I want to make sure that I do this. And have you know, patience is the hardest thing in the world. That's why after patience, he told you that you got to add godliness or godlikeness, which simply means that you're trusting God, that you're having patience. Because why? Because you're going to trust God. And in your patience, you're going to have peace. That's how you know, that you know. How do I know that I receive? How do I know? Because I've got peace, I'm not striving. How do I know something in my heart? Because I've got peace and I've got joy. I'm driving around in my faith mobile. The Bible says, and in believing, how do, you're gonna have joy and peace in believing. That's what Romans 15, 13 says. In believing, you have joy and peace. So you always check your joy meter and your peace gauge. I mean, those are the, that's your gas and your oil. Is your joy and peace. So if I'm believing, I'm not striving, I'm believing. I have faith, faith is a rest. So I've got to check out, and in my faith mobile, I've got to check my joy and I've got to check my peace. How full am I? <laughs> Y'all doing okay? God, no, we, we talk about the promises. And listen, the promises of God are awesome. They are. They're beyond our knowledge. God said he would do it. God said he's going to meet and supply all of our needs. He said, the Lord Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I mean, glory to God. You know, David honored God. He honored his, you know, and God blessed him so much that when, you know, when it came time to do things, you know, he had so much to give and so much to do. And all of the guys that were around him. Have you read it, it, over there in uh, first, second, or second Samuel or first Samuel, excuse me, first Samuel uh, 20 or 22? when it talks about David was in the cave of Adullam and everybody that showed up, all of his relatives, 400 of them. And they were in debt. They were disgruntled. They were distressed and depressed. Isn't that a great group? And those 400 said, David, we're going to follow you. And David turned around and made them 
an invincible army, made them incredible guys. And at the end of their lives, when David said, I'm going to build a temple, I'm going to give you $2 billion, all those guys, those 400 guys said, well, we want to get in on They gave $5 billion to build the temple, who were in debt, distressed, depressed, and distraught when they started. They didn't have nothing, but they honored God. And they followed the man of God and their lives changed. Now we know that they you know, destroyed armies and got kingdoms. But how do you know that the devil how did he, has tried to stop you from being blessed? The devil is saying that all this stuff out here is his. And how do you know that the world is God's? Amen. And so it's taking hold of the word of God and it's taking hold of the word of God, hallelujah, and letting God's life be on the inside. So it's, it's letting this, this God likeness or this godliness, which is simply just saying, hallelujah, Lord, I'm going to act and honor you. Because he goes on to say that you got to add to your godliness, brotherly kindness. Because how many of you know that goes together? Remember what I just said? God said, we know we pass from death unto life. How? Because we love the brethren. So you show God how much you love him by how much you love his kids. Amen. Amen. We get, we <laughs> hallelujah, I, I can tell story after story after story, but I'm going to be nice uh, in this. But brotherly kindness is not uh, the sense of getting walked on. It is the sense of having the love of God and knowing that, you know what? These are my brothers and sisters. How do they, I am my brother's keeper and I need to help. I need to pray. I need to be there if this is what needs to happen. Because then he goes on to say this, and to brotherly kindness, you got to add the love of God. Amen. And the reason we can do all these things here, the reason that we can add to our faith is because of the love of God. It's because of that love that's been, because how many know that faith, the Bible says faith works by love. That's the only way it works. And if we want to add excellence to our faith, if we want to do these things, because why? We want the promise. He's given us these exceeding great and precious promises that we can be a partaker of his divine nature. Hallelujah. We've got a new nature on the inside of us that is full of love, joy, peace, temperance, goodness, faithfulness, amen, meekness, which is teachableness. Hallelujah. You know, and, 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 and we see these things here, you know, the nine things that are there. So it, it's the nine fruit of the spirit that we have that's all on the inside of us that all we have to do is to tap in and bring it out of us. So, so well, I just can't take it anymore. It's because you're not allowing the presence of God, the fruit of the spirit. You're not, allowing the, you're not allowing these great and precious promises to help you ride over the top of it. You're still doing it in your own strength and you can get frustrated and get upset. Because now look at this. Look at this in verse eight. You guys still there in Second Peter? This is so cool. He says, if, you, if these things be in you and abound, notice he said it, they're in you. They are in you. Paul, I love Peter too here. Peter's saying, listen, if these things be in you, and Peter knew they are in you, but that's the one. If these things be in you and they abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall or fail. 
You shall never fall or fail. I didn't write that. Just look at that again. See, this is, you shall never fail or fall. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm, I like that. And then the wonderful Peter said, I'm always going to put you to remember these things because you're going to forget them. Because how do you know that if you don't keep these things before your eyes, the devil will always lie to you. Amen? He will always try to tell you, look at you, look at this, look at this, look at what you did, look at this. You're allowing that to get to you. You're going to allow that to get to you. Look at this, you know, and your faith's not going to work this time. <laughs> your faith, I mean, you know, your faith's not going to work this time. Isn't it funny that uh, he's always trying to tell you that you're not going to get what is already yours? Amen? He's always trying to, you know, because... He knows that he's defeated. He just doesn't want you to know that he's defeated. He, he knows that he can't stop the blessings of God from coming. He doesn't want you to know that. He can just get you to stop and get you to quit. And if he can get you to quit, you get messed up. Amen? Because some of you know in the Old Testament, he talked about all the things, and even in, uh, all these guys here in Hebrews chapter, they didn't get to receive the promise. But in the New Testament, it says that we've been given a better covenant established upon better promises. See, that's why they didn't receive because Jesus had to come so that they all could come. And people say, well, they did all this stuff. They still got eternal life because you remember Peter said also, Jesus went down and he preached to the saints that were in prison. Ephesians said that, you know, uh, Jesus, when he, he was first put down into the earth, that he, he led captivity captive. He led all of those saints out. Hallelujah. Out of there. The, because they lived after the flesh here, but they got the, the promissory note because of Abraham, because of their living and, and believing in that promise that Jesus, the Messiah was coming in that promise. They get to be in their eternal life. Amen. You know, thank God there is no more Abraham's bosom. There's no place to go. But we get absent from the body. We are present with the Lord. We have a better promise. We have the Spirit of God living in us. That's why, have you ever heard this? That people say, man, when I get to heaven, I want to talk to David. And I want to talk to Moses. I want to talk to Noah. I want to talk to Adam and all the... Do you know, uh, Adam's the only one that had the Spirit of God in. Then he sinned and the, and, the, and the Spirit of God left. He's the only one went from life to death. But we've went from death to to life, and all of those guys are going to ask us, what was it like to live in the flesh, having the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, having that new nature, having the power of God that God was able to tell you and talk to you in, in the inside. Amen. They're going to all want to talk to you. And you're going to go, I had that? <laughs> yeah, it was nice. It was nice. (laughs) See, we don't know what we have. We say, yeah, but pastor, how do we tap into these things here? We add knowledge to it. We add excellence to it. We we add temperance to it. We add these things to it because what we do is is we stay and we keep keep our eyes looking upon the promises of God because this is what God says. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Paul said it like this in Acts chapter 27. Men, I believe it shall be even as it was told. I mean, who would have the guts to stand up on a ship that's sinking who's a prisoner and get up and say, y'all should have listened to me and not even done this. 
Okay, most of all of us in here would have turned around and just busted them right in the mouth right then. After two weeks, now, I mean, we're hungry. We ain't got nothing. Two weeks, we haven't seen the sun or the moon or the star. We haven't seen nothing. We think we're going to die. Who cares about this guy? Let's throw him over. Let's, let's pretend he's Jonah and let's toss him overboard, okay? Amen? So anyways, uh, but Paul gets up and says, wait a minute, an angel stood by me. Now, holy cow, come on. Now, not only now, now he's nuts. You ever heard somebody say, hey, I just saw an angel. Oh, who's this? oh, he thinks he's seeing all angels. Hey, I just had a vision. Oh, yeah, now he's seeing visions. Hey, I had a dream. Now he's seeing dreams. You know, and Acts said that God's going to pour out his spirit and the young men are going to see vision and the old men are going to dream dreams and God's going to cause prophecy and God's, God says the angels are going to be in angels unaware and that we should be seen and angels, you know, came and the angel came to Philip and the angels came to Peter and the angels are all through the Bible about this and we get all tweaked and crazy when somebody says something. Because <laughs> we don't want to, it's like, we think we want to be this. I never forget, uh, you know, it was funny because there's a situation, I'll tell you this story, was, it happened with Brother Hagin, but he was talking about this and Jesus appeared to Brother Hagin eight times and I just thought that is just not fair. It's not fair. I mean, why? I mean, God, that's just why would you be, you know, that's just not fair. But anyways, he can get, but Jesus, was, Jesus appeared to him, was talking to him. And then all of a sudden he looked over this way and there's a big old giant angel that was right there. And every time he looked to him, the angel was going to say something. And he turned back and talked to him. The angel wouldn't say anything. They were talking. And then finally, after Jesus talking to him, he turned and said, well, what's it? He said, that's your angel. He looked at him and said, Woohoo, that's a big angel. That's good. I like that. That's a big old guy. And he said, well, why is he here? He said, he's got a message from God for you. He said, well, I'm seeing you and you're talking. Why don't you give it to me? Now, I'm, I'm a stickler for the word. I don't need no angel to talk to me. Jesus, you're talking to me. Show me in the word where angels. And of course, he gave him all these different analogies, gave him all these different passages about how the angels did all these things here. So he put Brother Hagin in his place, which is really cool. And uh, uh, because Brother Hagin could quote, two-thirds of the, of the, almost, well, three-quarters of the New Testament. We just had him do it. He could just quote it verbatim, King James Version. And so that's, uh, that was pretty intense. So you never wanted to argue with him. Uh, you know, when we did his test, some of his first tests that he would do, he would make, he'd say, okay, he'd quote a scripture or he'd write a scripture down, and he'd change the of or the the or the a. And if you missed it, you got, you got it wrong. So, that, so thank God he never gave tests anymore. <laughs> Because nobody passed. So anyways, love Brother Hagin. He's awesome. But anyway, so he turned and the, and the man told him what, what he was. I've been sent from the throne of God to tell you not to do some things. Don't do this. This is what's going to happen in your life. And gave him clear direction. And so um, the reason I share that story is because many times we have a tendency not to believe the Bible or not to allow God to speak to our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things about it is, is that, and I can share this with you and I'll share this. I know my wife is watching, so I'm going to share her vision that she had uh, literally before we were even married and uh, about us before I would even asked her out on a date. And had she told me that, I would have ran away. I would have said, she's nuts. <laughs> I would have, but she didn't tell me that. She was awesome. Smart lady. <laughs> but, and, and she's beautiful, wonderful. But anyways, when... Uh, uh, she was healed at, at Gipe's meeting and God touched her, totally healed her of, of migraine headaches that she'd had for years and years and years and years and God healed. Uh, she had an open vision and God 
showed her our whole life of what we needed to do for the first two years of our marriage. And I didn't even, I didn't even know her very much at that time. And uh, we didn't go out to that following September. This was in January of that same year. And uh, so anyway, she had a vision of that. And then when, when I did ask her, we did, you know, just, and ask her to marry me. She said, well, let me just tell you what we need to do for the first two years. Here's the vision. Let's walk it out. And I said, okay. And so we walked that vision out for the first two years, which caused everything to go into place. And to do what we needed to do to get favor with you guys, get favor with it. And, just, and it was such a blessing because she's amazing. I mean, it was very, very detailed and every, down, to, down to everything. I mean, she just, yeah, she has dreams all the time. And they're very, very detailed and they're very a blessing. So I like that because it helps me out a lot. It's like, okay, let's just walk this thing out and let's see if it works. And it has worked every, every time. It's such a blessing, uh, you know, in that. So... I appreciated that tremendously. Now, I could have said, which I would have said had she told me that earlier, you know, that, uh, but it, because I'd got to know her and knew, and then when she's noticed what the Lord showed me and spoke to me about it, and I said, you know what? That actually makes sense. Let's walk this thing out. And this is the stage it's going to be, and this is the stage it's going to be. And, you know, doing that helped us have peace, helped us to know that, that, doesn't, that oh, this is all going, no, no, it's all going to work out. And it all did. Amen? And I thank God for that. I thank God for her. You know, it, it, it's amazing just to see the hand of God. But if we're not ready for that kind of stuff, if we're not ready for God to talk to us or ready to, to see the hand of God, if we're not ready for angels, then what happens is, is that we are going to despise spiritual things. See, the promises of God, thank God for the word. If, if we just become just word people and not spiritual people, then we are Pharisees. Amen? That's just what we are. We're Pharisees. We're the letter of the law. And the letter of the law kills. Amen? I'm going to have to get this. We're going to have to listen to this online. This is pretty good. I'm enjoying this immensely. <laughs> I, told, I told somebody right before service, I said, I have no idea. We're gonna do. I couldn't find. I still couldn't find. It just, you know, all I had was one scripture and I couldn't find anything. So that's okay. And as you can see, I haven't turned a page yet. So... Hallelujah, I'm going to have to listen to this to make sure. Hallelujah, yeah, get it. But seeing and knowing the hand of God, amen? Seeing and knowing the hand of God, uh, of what it is. Being bold enough to share, to speak, amen? Mm-hmm. Seeing these things here, because guess what? We want to give testimony to things, but we also want to be a blessing to the Spirit of God. That's where those things begin to come in. God, these promises are ours. But the spiritual promises are ours too. There's a word of wisdom. All those gifts of the Spirit are ours too. Amen. But God said he'll show us wisdom. He'll show us things to come. Amen. And I believe God's going to do it even more. I believe we're going to see angels. I believe you're going to get visions. Amen. Dreams. I believe that with all my heart. And I tell you, they'll hold you steady if you, if you look at them and see them. Now understand this. If you wake up and you had a crazy dream and you don't know what it is, you just had too much pizza. Okay. <laughs> When you wake up, you'll know. You'll know if it's from God or not. It'll help you. It'll do things. It'll change, change that. It'll be a blessing for you. And I have no idea why we got all into that. Now I'm coming back to myself here. And uh, I have nowhere we're at here, but that's okay. Because we should be done here shortly. And you got to have that boldness to allow God to be God. I'm going to brag on my wife one more time here. Because one thing about her is that she may not get a lot of words in the area for people and stuff, but God always gives her words for big name people. 
we were just at, a, at an event and the, the speaker who was speaking is, is world renowned and world know, known around the world, you know. And anyways, all of a sudden she says, hey, I got a word for him. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. She gonna, what's she going to do now? But I, but I, but I already know because I've already went through the vision. I've already went through several. I said, well, hon, let's do this. So she walks up and she says, and now we're trying to be real discreet. She st- you know, so I go up and I say, hey, you know, this is kind of, she just has something she's going to share. The Spirit of God just said she wants to, and they're, they're gracious. Like it. But then, you know, all the other people around, all the other ministers, all the other pastors that were at this place, all of a sudden they get wind that all of a sudden this is happening. And so you got everybody there waiting to see what she's going to say. And it, it was tremendously supernatural, tremendously right on. And it's always been everyone that she's ever done with all, you know, and it, it was just like that. Man, just knock that out of the park That's, because it was just right on and just watch the power and the presence of God touch their lives, watch them weep, watch them get... Because most of those guys, nobody's dare would come up and give them anything, you know? And I always laughed about this because this is what blesses me. If you've ever heard of a guy named Dr. Pippin, who was a Church of Christ minister who's gone on to be with the Lord and everything, but anyways, he just, he kind of would just ramble and just, he just... Does anything he really doesn't, you know, but he had all of his PhDs and HD. I mean, he was just really brilliant man. But God used him to give Brother Higgins words all the time. He, 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 he said, you know, he'd tell him, he said, well, I don't get words for anybody except you. And Brother Higgins said, yeah, no. And Brother, you could just tell Brother Higgins, like, God, you're amazing. You use this guy. But it was so cool because and everybody knew it was God because when he starts saying, he's just like, wow, it's amazing. But I thank God that he was obedient to do it. And that's the thing about it, is that the thing about the Spirit of God tonight is you've got to have an obedience to know these promises are all ours. This word is all ours. We've got to do some things to cultivate it, but guess what? God's going to use you to speak into people's lives. God's going to use other people to speak into your lives, and he's going to speak to you himself so that you're receiving the promises of God so that your needs are met, but also so that you can be a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen? That's God's heart. That's why this is the promises. You know, Greg's going to ask me for a, a, a title, okay? So you guys got to go back and give him 22 titles, okay? Because I have no idea where this is gone. You know, so let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We thank you and praise you, Lord. Uh, you, Lord, you're, you're, you're truly amazing. You amaze me all the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, I, I love you and I praise you. And thank you, Father, for the supernatural. Thank you, Father, right now. It's just, just in my heart, I know. By the Spirit of God, your presence is in this place. And you're stirring up some things on the inside of folks. There's a stirring up that's on the inside. And uh, Father, there's things that you want to show them. And you're going to show them by intensity and by repetition. Hallelujah. That They're going to say, well, I think, I don't know. But God, you're going to show them to walk. There and, and give them the boldness to step out to do what you, for their own lives for their own lives. Not even a question of whether they're going to go do talk to this person or that person, but you're giving them a thing and an unction to move in a direction for their own lives. A direction and a step to step out in faith to receive or step out in boldness to say, no, no, this is the way to go. And it may not seem like a logical step or it may not seem like a right step, but it's a step by faith. It's a step, taking a step out in faith. Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you for it now. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, we're going to receive this evening's tithes and offerings. Worship God with that. Amen. And then I'll give a few announcements here. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm glad I came tonight. I prayed really hard on the way here and prayed really hard. Especially when I couldn't find, I just totally drew a blank. But I'm going to have to, like I said, I'm going to have to get this sermon and write notes on it. Hallelujah. Because it's a good one. Amen. It's a good one. So God is good. Amen. So if you need an envelope or if you're going to give by text, I am actually going to give by that so I don't. So y'all just let me, let me grab that real quick. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There you go. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. All right, you ready to pray? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and love you. What a privilege it is to sow seeds into the kingdom of God and to bring our tithes and offerings to worship you. Lord, thank you that you're not only meeting and supplying all of our needs, but Father, you are doing exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Lord, thank you that every, everything is met at Harvest Bible Church and in the lives of every individual, that you're causing increase to flow. Lord, we honor you for that. We love you for it. Father, as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, it's, it's funny. We, we heard a, a little sermon that guys were giving an example of the Old Testament about when David, you know, went to go get the ark and he was so excited to bring the ark back in. And, he, and remember when he brought it in the wrong way, he brought it in by a wagon and the ark started to wobble and, started, and that Uzzah went up to hold the ark and as soon as he touched the ark, he died. And that was it. Everybody stopped. It's like, okay. And they left it at Obed-Edom, you know, there, the Gentile. And then Obed-Edom was blessed for those three months. And then David decided to check the promises and the word of God and say, how is the ark supposed to be moved? It's supposed to be moved with the poles and it's supposed to be on the shoulders of the priest and the priest alone. So he finds out and says, okay, here's how he's going to do it. So he goes and gets 120 Kohath priests, you know, the Kohathites and everything and gets them. And you do realize they're between the ages of 30 and 50 and nobody has touched the Ark of the Covenant for the past 121 years. It's been sitting and been lost. So these guys, even if their great-great-grandfather told them about it, uh, you know, they're thinking, hey, and whoever touched it wrongly died, and the last guy they know that touched it just three months ago is dead, and now you guys got to carry it. And we need some volunteers. <laughs> so how many of you know they had to carry it by faith? How many of you know they had to rise up and say, this is how you got to do it. This is got to slip the poles in there. This is what you're supposed to do. Amen. So they put the poles in there and they got it all carried and that's what they were supposed to do. But, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, it realizes, you know, it's funny because the 120 Kohath priest, that 120 is the exact same number of the 120 that were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost who had to do everything else by faith to receive that the Holy Spirit was coming. You know, and they got blessed and so did those priests got blessed because when they brought the Ark of the Covenant, they reestablished everything and they understood what was going to happen. Amen? That's a whole other sermon. But anyways, hey, two things. Um, one is that this coming Saturday, we, we have a men's breakfast, right? Hallelujah. We have a men's breakfast. And so, praise the Lord. Amen? So we're having that. Eight o'clock, you guys need to come. That'll be a tremendous blessing. And uh, this coming Sunday also is uh, School of the Bible. So if you haven't picked up your books, or if you want to, there's still some out there that can do that. Everybody, I think, has picked it up. If you haven't, then you're, and if you've already paid for it, well, then your book's back there with your 
uh, envelope on it and all that. And so it's going to be at 9 o'clock. We're going to reinstitute our... Uh, our tables and our, you know, coffee and muffins and all that kind of stuff are all the good things that are there. Uh, depending upon how cold it is, it's going to be in the red room. Uh, we've heard that some of you guys, you, you'd rather do it outside in the cold, but we're going we're gonna to cater to the ladies. Heard that before church too, that if she say I do, I do, so we're going to do that. It works good too. So we're going to have it down there and make it work. But anyways, we're going to have a, have a great time. And then tomorrow night, for all of you children's workers, be here. For the, I mean, uh, Miss Pamela sent out a text on through text in church, and so you guys should have got that and got in there the times and all that. Be a blessing. Amen. But here's something, too, from our, uh, our cat team, you know, and uh, those of you who don't know what that is, that uh, team is, helps us to understand what's going on politically, what's going on with all the things with our county, uh, with our state, you know, and with our federal. And it's such a, uh, it's a community action team. It's what it's called. And it's a blessing. Okay, I like that because they, they let me know things. I don't have to go find them out on my own, uh, and, and it really is a blessing. But we've got some crazy things coming up here this coming Tuesday uh, in our county that they're trying to do started here first so that uh, if they get it passed here, then it can go statewide, you know, and then, of course, doing all that, which is a crazy thing about COVID-19. Uh, it's presented by this uh, Tetra Tech corporation kind of thing that it's trying to do and what it's basically saying and we're going to have these handouts on Sunday we don't have right because it just all came in now and uh, Marilyn and Melanie are going to be our, they're going to actually go down to the county board of supervisors be spokesmen for us because this is this is crazy this is about as close as the mark of the beast you're going to get basically if they get passed and everything that if we ever have any other kind of pandemic you won't be able to, to leave your home unless you're vaccinated shot up and and you you'll be all kind of arrested in our county you'll be able to do anything it's about as stupid as they come okay they got it they're thinking we got to have this in place so that we can stop everybody from doing anything and that's that's crazy this is about as communist and as, as bad as you can get. All right, that's what they're going to try to pass. That's what they're going to try to do. And uh, I know that sounds crazy, but there's a lot of other things. It just, there's no due process. You don't, you don't know anything about yourself, so you can't do this. You know, you obviously, we need to tell you how to do this. We need to tell you what to do and how to do it. You're going you're to comply to everything we want you to do, or you don't get to play the game. And that's dumb. You know, so, I mean, if you want to, you know, this is, this is really interesting. So uh, there is all kinds of crazy things that are going on in reports. And so we, uh, we want to just stand our ground. We got to pray. That's number one. We got to pray. That's our greatest weapon. But, you know, if, if they're going to try to do what they say they're going to do, we know that, the, you know, the world and the devil's going to try to shut us down again. But that'll never happen. You know, so Jesus is going to have to come back or we're going to have our own battle of Armageddon here. So it's going to be. Someone says, Pastor, you're pretty strong about that. I am. And we're national. We're online. They know. Everybody can see this. And we're not ashamed of it. You know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the, yeah, the full report of this is on our website. It's on the Cat website. We have that here for you. There's a video on there. You get to watch one of our own just do a tremendous job there. But also, it's just, that's why we have it. So you can know and be informed so you're not saying, well, I can't be that bad. Yes, it's that bad. 
Okay, it is that bad. We live, and if you don't know what's going on, you know, with what's going down the pike for a lot of things with the, you know, the, the governor, you know, wife doing in our state here saying all that, it's just, it's nuts. And what you don't understand is all of these, most of these politicians, they're cramming everything down in our public schools and all of their kids are going to private school. And they're not being taught this. So, and it's sad. It's terrible. I mean, that's just, you know, it's like our state legislatures and everything else. They have a total different health system than you and I have. Okay? Totally different. And they don't, they're making you have this, you know, what they want you to, you know, it's, it's, it's nuts. You've got to understand the, the world is, is terrible. Don't let it, don't get out there and think that they're going to be, but we're supposed to be in the world. We're supposed to reach the world. We're supposed to, pre- yes, we're supposed to pray for them, love them, but we've got to stand up and say, no, you know, enough's enough. Amen? So you'll get these on Sunday and go to there, look at that, and all it is is so you have an opportunity and an avenue of saying, hey, we support our folks that are going to be there. Amen? And uh, uh, I praise God for them. I praise God for everybody that's endeavoring to stand up and say something uh, truthful against things. Amen. And that's what we want to do. And we're not ashamed of the gospel because they're not going to stop the gospel. They're not going to stop us from preaching the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. So thank God for his grace. Hallelujah. All right. Let's all stand up. I love you. God loves you. And all of you watching, praise God. We love you too. We'll see you again on on, uh, Sunday there. Be blessed.